and I screw the top off this bottle. Thank you very much, guys. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. I like a little bit of the drumming while we pray. Lord, we declare right now we thank you. I mean, that's a hard act to follow. It's already happened in my opinion. But Lord, we declare right now over this place the blessing of God that maketh rich, addeth no sorrow. Father, let your word go forth this morning and let it produce a harvest in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody shouted. Amen. If you're taking a photo of me, now's a good chance. All right. I haven't even got a Bible in my hand. Julia, give me your Bible quick. There we go. Is that all right? He's taking a view. Amen. You can sit down. I'm going to get the jacket off. We'll get into it this morning. Hallelujah. Are you all happy? It's great to be happy in church. Hey, listen, I had the most fantastic day yesterday. I spoke at a conference in um, South Auckland, and uh, that was amazing, actually. Um, A great conference. And I spoke on this, Breakthrough in Evangelism. And uh, I thought it'd be very good for our church to cover a little bit of that off this morning. The greatest key on earth is the evangelization of the planet, okay? We have the power. Hallelujah. We have the power. Like, honestly, uh, you may drive an electric car, but I'll tell you what, unless you've got some power in here, something that's going on inside your spirit, you're not going to change anything, all right? So we need the power of God. We need to be equipped. The Bible is all about equipping the saints for the harvest field. Amen? So I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. And uh, I think the first verse we will go to today is actually, if you guys can poke it up, I've given it to them. Um, and we're going to go there this morning because I just think we need to equip and empower the church like never before for the greatest moment in history. Amen. Amen. God is bringing in a harvest. Here it is. Um, uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 1 very simply says this. This is Paul writing, and he says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. I'd like everybody to uh, state that after me, please. To do and to teach. See, we get so formal. I was thinking this morning, actually, uh, we get so formal. We we formalise Christianity, and it kind of becomes quite religious if you're not careful. Man, you're a quiet crowd. I, I was I was with South Aucklanders yesterday. Tell you what, they would have been on their seats at that statement, all right? And um, and uh, but we, yeah. That all that Jesus began to do and to teach. So we've got it wrong. I think we've got it very wrong. I think let's have a go at the Western church and let's say we've got it wrong because it's all about what Jesus began to do and to teach, okay? We say teach and then do. So we come to churches, get bored out of our tree with three points and a poem, that's been written by AI. <laughs> and then we all go home and wonder what, what that was about and our lives are not changed. But Jesus started off with a prophetic word over Mia, a girl like Mia. He would have picked you out of the crowd, Mia. 
He would have said, Mia, that decision you made to receive me as your Lord and Saviour two weeks ago is the greatest decision you ever made in your life. That's going to shift everything in your life. It's going to renew you. It's going to give you vision and hope. Oh, boy, power of God's on you. God, I thank you for this young lady. I thank you for the decision she's made to you and to make you her Lord and Saviour. God, let this be the greatest journey that life could ever give in Jesus' name. Jesus would have pulled a guy like James out from behind the sound desk and his gorgeous wife Abby down the front here and said that you, and would have said over you guys that you're some of the most hospitable people <laughs> on the planet. And uh, you've got the best eye group in the city. No way. No The food's amazing. And he would have prophesied over you, James, that the best is yet to come. That these are going to be your greatest years. Don't look back at the past. You're not defined by your past. You're defined by God's future over your life. James behind the sound desk, that's you. Good man. Well, so your former pastor tells me. I was with him yesterday. I said, how's church going? He said, well, I really miss this guy called James. Well, no, I think it was Abby. (laughs) I really miss Abby. And James, I think you came in the conversation. (laughs) To be honest with you, I think he probably missed Zoe more than anybody. But, uh, but Jesus began to do and teach. So there was a lot of action in Jesus' teaching and in his words. And uh, the miracles happened ahead of the preaching. The miracles were up front. We have to know the power of God is here to activate our lives so that we become supernatural. I have discovered this because I talked about evangelism yesterday, okay? So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it today because every one of you, now when we start talking about evangelism, things get weird because people say, well, I'm not an evangelist. Okay, well, I don't care because my Bible tells me that every single one of you is an evangelist. Every single one of you, no matter how reserved you are, no matter how um, introverted. That's the word. I was, thank you for that. Introverted was a good word because I was going to say weird, but introverted. <laughs> It's a much nicer word. And uh, so introverted, you are you are an evangelist. You're here to change the planet. And you're here. We are the greatest instrument on earth to bring God's love to the planet. And I believe that God wants to use every single one of us. And yesterday I spoke to some of these causes. You know, in the Bible it says in Mark, this is kind of our command. This is kind of our, our this is our mandate, if you like. Mandate's become an ugly word in the Western, well, in the whole world, I think. We hate mandates now. I don't want to ever hear the word again. And uh, But Jesus gave some great mandates. And one of his mandates was this, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. That's an incredible promise by God. Let me read the whole thing to you. It's found in Matthew chapter 26. 28, sorry, uh, verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Okay, that's every that's right across the planet, guys. 
That's like, hey, let's let's get stirred up that we can't live in our comfort zones any longer. We've got Leo here from Sydney come over to evangelize us today. And uh, so, and and believe me, you, it, it works that way. See, we all encourage one another. Yes. We all should encourage one another. You cannot leave here unencouraged today. Tony, I got fired up just when you came up and said hi this morning. Wherever he's sitting, I don't know where you are today. Where are you? Can't even see. Oh, there you are. I got fired up just talking to you at the door today. And uh, you telling me how you prayed for me yesterday. And I needed prayer. I was at this conference all day going for it and thinking about all you guys. Uh, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Have you been baptized yet, Mia? Let's get you in the water. Okay. Let's get you under that water. Get the past gone. The new day. Hallelujah. The new day. Uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There's some incredible keys in there. There's incredible. I found that very few people reject Jesus. They mostly reject the Jesus that's presented to them. Very few reject the love of Jesus. When miracles happen in people's lives, they don't often reject Jesus. When people encounter the true love of God, I found very few in my world who would reject that. And I've had some of the weirdest situations. I've had people who are, uh, uh, would call themselves atheists who don't believe in a God, but after they hang out with me, they suddenly believe in God. And I think sometimes we get way too serious about evangelism. I think the power of God in our lives should make this the most fun life on the planet. Okay? I do. I think it should be the most fun life on the planet. I think we get so serious and so tied down in the religiosity, even in church, man. Like they start singing a song, Oh, come to the altar, and we're all standing there. (laughs) I mean, what the heck? I actually did think, I thought, boy, I'd hate to pastor a religious church. But we get close to it when something like that happens. Oh, come to the altar. And we're all standing there. And I'm thinking, then they sang it three or four times. Oh, come to the altar. And it's all moved. <laughs> Let's be responsive. See, it's not about the preacher. So I think we get stuffed up when we come to church and we think, wait till the preacher gets up and gives you three points in a poem. And so that's where we lose it because the reality is every part of the service is worship. Yeah. Every part of the service, my word, which, oh, my goodness, I can't even see my iPad and I forgot to set it and I don't know how long I've got. And um, and um, there it is. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. And, uh, but I'll tell you right now, we need to be the most passionate people on the planet. And I think passionate is the key. It's the answer. Most situations where I lead people to Christ, it's because passion entered the room. Not religiosity, not condemnation, not judgment, freedom, grace, mercy, love, forgiveness. That's all that Jesus is. Hey, listen, freedom has a name. Mercy has a name. Forgiveness has a name. And God looked to his right hand and he said, Son, will you go and become every one of those? Freedom, love, mercy, forgiveness, meekness. I think sometimes we get a little bit too, we misunderstand meekness. Meekness has a name. Moses, 
Everything has a name and you look at the example of what it is. Moses was an incredible weapon in the hands of amazing God. The guy who stretched out his rod over the Red Sea and the water parted to the left and right. I want to tell you, we've got some power, guys. We've got some power to change the planet we live on. And I want to stir you up this morning. I want to commission you this morning. I want to send you into our city, into your city, whatever it might be. And I'm going to commission you today to go out there and let's change some lives in Jesus' name. Amen. We can't live ordinary lives any longer. Seriously, we can't live ordinary lives any longer. I think we've lived ordinary too long. I think the church has become like the church of Artists. You have a name for being alive, but you're actually dead. You have a name for being alive. Uh, uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. Uh, hello, the church of Sardis. Jesus says, speaking through John, the apostle John, 95 years old, couldn't die. Couldn't die. I mean, everybody got terrified of COVID, but John couldn't die. I mean, John should have been terrified of the pot of boiling oil, but they threw him in the pot of boiling oil and cooked him up for a couple of hours, and then he hopped out and walked away. What do you do with a guy like that? (laughs) So they said, let's get rid of him. Let's put him out on the Isle of Patmos. That'll stop everything happening. There'll be no more power coming out of his life on Patmos. But even on Patmos, he's getting a revelation of God. When did you last get a revelation of God? It's like I'm getting a revelation every week about the power of God in this hour we live in to be more alive than we've ever been. So Jesus uses John to bring a message to the seven churches and he's speaking to the churches. Imagine being the pastors of these poor churches. You know, you've lost your first love. This is talking to the pastor. I mean, you'd be freaking out. You've lost your first love. You've got no passion anymore. Then he goes down to, it's the church of Sardis. I can't remember. It's the fourth or the fifth church he speaks to. And he says, you guys have a name for being alive because they had the biggest church of the time, size of a football field, like some of the churches today. No wonder God's wiping churches out in this time. They're, They're toppling and God's planting little churches all over over the world, the greatest evangelistic tool on the planet today is church planting. The greatest tool on the planet to, to, to evangelize is church planning because people are forced to go into the highways and byways and not sit in our comfortable, these beautiful chairs from China and sit there. They're all set out for us every Sunday. When you're church planting, man, you've got to set the chairs out. Yeah. <laughs> I know we hate it. I hate it too. We went to Long Bay. Stuart, you didn't even turn up at Long Bay because so uncomfortable having to set out your own everything. And, uh, and, and sometimes it's tough when you've got to go back to the raw. But I want to tell you, raw Christianity is the best Christianity of it all. It's when people are getting saved, when they've got a testimony. Derek's got a testimony about the miracle working power of God that's working through you right now. I'd love to take some time out this morning and get you to share it, but my time's nearly up already. But I want to tell you right now, we need testimonies of God's goodness. Look at Mia. Where are you? Mia, right there, on fire for God because she discovered Jesus as her Lord and Saviour. Man. Look at Nina. Set free two weeks ago, came to me on, you know, people get excited when they get set free. We should walk in the room and demons leave in Jesus' name. 
Mia told me, uh, sorry, Nina. Nina told me she was a bit embarrassed about that. Don't you dare be embarrassed in this church, girl. Don't you ever get embarrassed. I don't care what happens. If Jesus is setting people free, I'm the happiest person on the planet. And Jesus, the angels rejoice when people get set free. That's half the reason churches are living in such a, that they're actually talking about lockdown. Churches are locked down. They're locked down in mediocre, some kind of boring religion because people are too embarrassed to have a move of God that sets people free because we don't want to be exposed. Well, God, expose me. Set me free. Unshackle me. I want to walk in the freedom of God. And I want to be a witness to the power of God in our time right now. See, if we look at our Father God, God's one desire was that every single person on the planet come into a loving relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. And He's like, will you go, Son? Will you be grace represented on earth? Will you be freedom represented on earth? Will you be the curse represented on earth that gets nailed to the cross and finished for every one of us? And Jesus said, I'll go. So none of us have an excuse to stay where we were. Come on. Because the minute you receive Jesus, he said, I've come to set the captives free and release you into great victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Is that a pretty good start to the day? Um, anyway, I should get to some notes here. But, but seriously, uh, before I even go to the notes, our job is to facilitate the presence of God. And when the presence of God turns up, circumstances just change. They just change, friends. Circumstance. When I sit beside people, I never forget sitting beside this guy on the aeroplane. Sat down beside. I didn't even want him sitting beside me. I'm sure I've told the story once. He came walking down. You could see him coming from the top of the plane down toward. Oh, Mark, you were with me. God bless you, Mark. <laughs> Mark's a true Christian, and uh, I was sitting there. You know when you've got your seat on the aeroplane and you like it, and you want to judge who's going to sit next to you. Yeah. I know none of you would ever do this. I can tell by the looks on your face. But I saw this guy coming down and he's not sitting there. She's pretty. She can sit beside me. He can't. She can. He can. Oh, yeah, he can't. And you sort of make decisions on who can sit beside you on the aeroplane. Then I saw this guy coming and I'm like, definitely not him. He had Tourette's. And he was coming down the plane, cursing everybody, swearing, red-faced, and he came down and he sat right beside me and uh, and I'm all, and I didn't want to touch him. I didn't want to know him actually because he looked like he had a disease. <laughs> and uh, I didn't want to know him and I saw him struggling to put his bags up because all my bags were filling up the locker. He couldn't fit me in. And so he's trying to get his bags up there and then I thought, stuff it, I'm not even helping you. I don't even want you in my vicinity because he, he, you could smell him from here to where you are and he did not look good and, and, it, and it, he just didn't look good. Sorry if I sound ugly there, but this is a true description of what the situation was like. And then he finally sat down beside me. Oh, no, that was after Mark, the Christian, got up and helped him put his bags in the locker. Incidentally, Mark wasn't sitting beside me because I don't like people sitting beside me. So Mark was further down the plane, but he came to the guy's rescue and he put the guy's bags up and I'm like, Mark, get out of here. You're making me look bad. And uh, then Mark went back to his, this is evangelism I'm talking about right now, okay? And so Mark went back to his seat. Then the guy sits in beside him and I thought, oh, well, Mark's given an example. How are you, mate? My name's Don McDonnell. And I gripped his hand and shook his hand. 
it's great to have you sitting beside me today. That wasn't really the truth. <laughs> when I let go of his hand, I realized that I had part of his hand on my hand. And that was it. Then I didn't know what to do with his hand. It had skin all over it. And I was like, man, I was sort of holding my hand out here. And then he leaned over and he said, it's okay, it's not contagious, which were very welcoming words. <laughs> it's okay, it's not contagious, he said. And so I felt a little more at ease. Still couldn't wait for the seat buckle thing to go off so you can get to the bathroom and wash your hand. Anyway, I'm standing with my hand out like this. And then he said, oh, that's right. And I said, oh, what's your name? And he said, my name is Matthew and I'm a Jew. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Like people say to me, how do you ever begin a discussion about evangelism? Well, there you go. God threw it right on my lap right there. I said, I was reading about you this morning. <laughs> and he said, how could that be? I said, well, I was reading my Bible, and it was a book of Matthew all about you. And he said, I'm an atheist. I'm a something. They're, they've written books. Whatever. Anyway, an atheist that's written books about there's no God. And he started telling me the, the story. And I felt the Holy Ghost say to me right then, I set this guy beside you specifically so you could turn him around and point him toward the love of Jesus Christ. Wow. The Holy Spirit. So we've got to know how to hear the voice of God. Yeah. One of the greatest things about evangelism is hearing the voice of God. And every one of us should be experts at it. Because you're in this church and it's a Holy Ghost church. Anyway, I had the wonderful privilege of then sharing with Matthew, who was sitting beside me, about how much Jesus loved him. He got on the plane an atheist. He left that plane born again. Three hours from here, where was I flying to? Melbourne, here to Melbourne. In three hours, in fact, God told me by the time this guy hits Melbourne, he's going to be born again. And sure enough, he had turned his whole viewpoint around. And one of the reasons was, even though I was a little ugly to start with, God gave me a love for that guy. I ended up praying for him. He's got an incurable disease, so they call it. Nothing's incurable, incidentally, because we have God on our side. So I said, well, mate, it's not incurable on this aeroplane because I'm here. And I said, I'd like to pray for you. And I ended up praying for him. And he said, do you know the you're the first person who's ever got into my life and started to dialogue with me because most people are so terrified of my disease. And I can understand that. It's a disease where his skin falls off. I think his entire skin falls off every every four hours or eight hours or something. It's an ugly thing. And we prayed and believed for a miracle for this man, and the power of God touched his heart. And I want to say this morning, I want to give you some keys to evangelism. Are you ready to write them down? Because yes, we've just got a <clears throat> few minutes. I obviously can't go through all of my teaching and training on evangelism, but I am going to give you some values that you need to live by that I believe can change your life. We've got a million excuses why we don't do it. Most people are full of excuses. I want to say let's abandon our excuses and go with the power of God in our lives that change our world. Amen? You've got to let go of your excuses. Excuses have got to disappear from our world. So evangelism, here it is. Fundamental values of evangelism. This is the sort of people we need to be. Number one, we need to be generous. 
generous, okay? Generous means we've got a heart of generosity. Now, what is that? Everybody thinks about their pocket when we think generosity. But I want to tell you, God deals not just with your pocket. God deals with mostly the heart. So our heart needs to become generous. A generous heart, this is a generous heart, all right? This is how the Spirit of God works. It's a generous spirit, actually. So when we meet you, you have a smile, that's like number one. Like, like we should go around looking like the light of God shines out of us, okay? We're supposed to be the salt of the earth and the light of a dark world. Isaiah 60 verse 1 says, In this dark world I have positioned you to be a light that shines in darkness. Now if we're going to shine, at least let's look a little like the sun. Every sun picture I see has a smile, okay? So generous has to be something to do with our heart, that it's a spirit, it's an attitude of generosity where we literally see hope in people. We see possibilities. We see potential. We see opportunities that God can unlock incredible blessing in someone's life. And so the number one key today is let's have a generous heart, okay? Generous with your time, your talent, your your whatever else you want to add to that, really. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25 says this, the generous person will prosper in every area of their life. Now, I want to tell you, I am prosperous in life simply because I am passionate about evangelism. The Bible says, "He who wins." Proverbs 30 says, he who wins souls is wise. So even if you're a little not wise, you can become wise simply by leading people to Christ. How easy is that? You didn't have to get an A grade at school. You just have to win someone to Christ and you become wise. It's not about your intellect, it's about your heart, okay? We've stuffed the world up. It's all about intellect and not about heart any longer. But I want to tell you, heart is still the ultimate key to bringing life change to people. Number two, faith. Faith is one of the great principles that we must live by in evangelism. We've got to have faith to believe, faith that believes all things are possible. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says um, that uh, even though it doesn't look right, I still believe the Word of God. In other words, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are, I believe God. So we go through difficulties, every one of us, just because you get born again, doesn't mean you've got the cushiest life in front of you. It does mean this, that God's favour is on you, but sometimes there'll be difficulties that you face along that pathway and you can put your trust in God instead of putting them in the circumstances. So Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said, we don't trust in our circumstances, we trust in the Word of God and we believe the Word of God. So faith is believing, okay? So we don't believe our circumstances, we believe God's Word, Derek. We don't believe what's been declared over your body, we believe the Word of God, which says you are a son of the living God. The blood of Jesus has cancelled the curse over your life and you're healed in Jesus' name. This, this is how faith works. See, faith is more than just read it in the Bible. It's a pretty pretty phrase. Have faith in God. Yeah, I've got, the, I've got faith now. It's, it's not like that. Faith is something you have to walk in every single day. You have to live in it. You have to confess. Faith is mostly declared with your mouth. 
okay? If you can't declare a thing with your mouth, it doesn't become a reality. You've got to declare it. The blood of Jesus is over me. No sickness shall take me. Nothing can pull me down. If God be for me, who can be against me? I walk by faith, it says, not by sight. So I don't care what I see. I trust the Word of God in my life. Come on. Yeah. Yes. Should think so. <laughs> Great to see you actually down the back there. Hallelujah. I tell you, right now, faith unlocks the supernatural realm in your world. And I believe that because we have lived by that. Julia and I, every 10 years, we write a letter to ourselves and we confess our vision for the future and the next 10 years of our life and we slip it away and we pull it out in 10 years and we read it to ourselves. And I want to tell you, every single time we've done it, it has revealed that what you write the vision and make it clear, God will reveal it in your life. But we don't write the vision because we live by perhaps. Oh, in Jesus' name, I prophesy over you, second Don and Karen. I prophesy a home over your lives right now in Jesus' name. In fact, stand up. Just stand up right now. Holy Ghost, I declare a home over you today. I declare the favour of God come on you. And I declare that God open the opportunity for you to get the home of your desires today in Jesus' name. And I pray right now, Lord, just about laid hands on your head but mess up your hair. Holy Ghost, let her have the blessing of God. And Father, I declare that over their lives right now. We activate faith over your world in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God a... Shout for that. They're going to get a home today. Hallelujah. Just looking around who else I can prophesy over right now. I'm really wanting to prophesy over Abby and what do you think, Mark, guys? Come on down here. I need you down here, man. Come on, Abby. Come on. Yeah, I'm getting you out of, out of your seat today. Come on, James. Come right down the front. Prophesy over your future. I'm not just picking on you, though. I believe this is a God thing. I believe this is a God thing. You're a good man, you've got a great heart. And you know, one of the things I've discovered, because I, I felt today to declare the favour of God over your guys' lives. And and I, I can feel that when I come into your home, which you've generously opened up as a, a place for an eye group. But I see you guys leading that eye group with incredible, incredible hearts of compassion, because you guys have got compassionate hearts and you feel the heart of God. So... You came and did, did, have you done that DNA thing yet? No, well, God forgive you. (laughs) But there's always next time. But I'll tell you right now, I believe there's going to come, I I don't believe God's brought you here by chance. I believe God has divinely positioned you. 
here in this city, okay? You carry something on you. I don't think you realize what you carry, but you have a great heart. And I'll tell you what, God, the, what the what the enemy has has stole off you in the last three years, God says, I'm going to give it back. I felt that word for you last night. I was praying for you. I felt that word for you that don't regret what's gone or what you lost in this last few years. God says, I'm a God who's going to give you the ability to take back. Like David in 1 Samuel 3, I think it is, 1 Samuel 1, 3 or whatever it is, and he came back and all his kids are gone. Everything's been ripped off him. And uh, and he said, the Bible says he went to the Lord and said, what the heck do I do now, Lord? My, even my guys are going to kill me. My guys wanted to stone him and stuff. And it says, David sought the Lord and the Lord said, go after it. You're going to take back everything you lost. Hallelujah. That's a word for you guys today. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this couple. Thank you for them right now. I thank you, God, for the blessing of God on their lives right now. And I, I thank you for their generosity, for their hearts, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for their their little girl, Zoe, for the passion that's on that little girl. Thank you, Lord God, even as they participate and lead. Lord, even as people come into their home, I pray there'd be life transformation takes place. And Lord, I speak the blessing that financially and in the every single way in their health Lord God they'd be blessed I pray Lord with great friends in this city and I thank you Lord God for them right now Lord even as they walk in your wisdom and Lord walk in obedience to your voice God I pray right now and Abby you don't have to worry about a thing God says I've got it all covered God says I've got your back God, and I'll tell you what to have God's got your back means you don't have to worry about the things that you've left behind or what's behind you God says I've got your back and in Jesus name Lord, I declare blessing on them in this place in the mighty name of Jesus right now. Amen. 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 Bless you guys. Just before you go, I just need, man, if you're an I group leader, stand to your feet right now. If you're leading an I group or you're in a home with an I group or whatever, stand up right now. Okay, look at your. Jump out the front. Come and stand beside these guys. So you guys all carry. See, evangelism happens in small groups. Yeah, about, yeah. Hallelujah. These guys are just great. Just a new eye group, but Jackie and Nico have taken over the leadership. They're just awesome, awesome, I tell you. And you're all awesome. And I believe this. I want to speak to you about your eye groups. Get ready for increase in those groups. People are looking for relationship and connection today like never before. Okay, if you're not in an eye group, take a look at all these brilliant people up here. Good looking. Come on. Stretch your hand toward them. Holy Spirit, I pray right now because these are keys for evangelism. People are going to come into your houses. People are going to connect to you through that. In fact, I commission you right now to be great leaders and great evangelists. I commission you right now to be imparters of faith, hope, and love. I commission you right now in Jesus' name that what you carry on your lives, in fact, right now, boy, get ready for it, man. I want to tell you, there's a great, I see great leadership 
anointing on your life and what you carry. I know you build robots, but I'll tell you what, you're going to build people. And God says, the, 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 what you've built, the technical expertise that you've put into those robots that you won that competition with, God says you're going to win in heaven because I'm putting an anointing on your life that's going to build men and women and build them into the character that God has developed on their lives. Thank you for it, Lord God. Thank you, God. Boy, get ready for it. In Jesus' name, Bruce, I declare it over you. Kim and Jesse, Holy Ghost, I thank you for them. I thank you for what's on their lives, Lord God. I thank you for the anointing. I commission you right now to be life changers in Jesus' name. God, over this mighty man of God, Andrew, Kim, come and stand beside him quickly because I want to tell you there's a joint thing happening there. Over this couple, Lord God, I thank you for Abby. I thank you, Lord, for James. I thank you for what's on their life, Lord, the leadership on this, almighty oh, God, touch him with power today, Lord, in Jesus' name. John, in Jesus' name, the power of God. Ellen and Jane, you guys are mighty in the house of God, mighty in the kingdom, mighty. God's trained you and equipped you. And God's even right now, I want to tell you, look bigger, look bigger, look bigger. You hate hearing that, Ellen, I know. But stretch out your tent pegs and get ready for what God's about to bring in. It's greater than greater than before. In Jesus' name, Lisa, man alive, the power of God's on you, girl. In Jesus' name, lead with passion. Lead out of your heart. God says you've got it in your heart. Now let it go in Jesus' name. Mighty God, touch them with power today. I, I pray a refreshing anointing comes on you. As you lead that group, there's going to come a refreshing anointing on you. You're like, God, what do we what do we serve? What do we bring? But God said, you'll bring what you carry in your heart. And in Jesus' name, I prophesy that over every one of you. And I pray, Lord God, let them go in the grace and the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Give them a huge hand clap. You better get back to your seats. The meeting's over. Oh, yeah, I never got to you, Kim. Oh, I pulled you up here. Holy Ghost, thank you. Thank you for her. Thank you for this couple. I didn't want to pray for you without her beside you because I believe even greater things are in store for you guys. I want to tell you, greater things. Like God says, you started here, but it's going to be more. God says, I'm going to increase you, increase your reach, increase your ability, increase your capacity in what you carry. So in Jesus' name, Lord, anoint them with that right now. Mess up her hair a bit, Lord. Put the anointing on her today. Let the fire get on her in Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. We only got to faith. We've got to finish real quick because time's up. Positive attitude. You've got to have a positive attitude. Okay, that's point three. You've got to have a positive attitude. I know it's good preaching. <laughs> You know, a positive attitude is huge. Having a positive attitude can literally lift people out of the doldrums. And today, I don't know about you, but you walk around, you can see people, their eyes are dead, their spirits are dead. They're kind of, they've lost hope, man. And no wonder with the Labor government, but, but, but... (laughs) 
but a lot of people have lost hope. And you and I are the hope bringer. I tell you what, it won't matter if national, it, it, it really doesn't matter about the government. We are the most important people on earth. We're called the Church of the Living God. And this is why the church has got to rise like an island in the sea. And this is why the church has got to become more effective. That's why I commission you today to be evangelists in Jesus' name. Number four is passion. Now, passion is an incredible key. The Bible speaks about passion. I'm going to read you what it says about passion, okay? Because I think we lack passion. I really do believe we lack passion and I'm going to fire you up about passion today in Jesus' name because passion will unlock the blessing of God all over your world, okay? Number one, passion creates gratefulness. Gratefulness. Are you grateful today? Are you grateful? What have you got that you're grateful about, you know? I'm grateful that I'm walking. I'm gra- Every day I get up, I thank God for healing my body, restoring my body. I can walk. I can do anything because God is so gracious and merciful with His healing power. We need to be grateful, though. I think we forget how good God is and we think we did it to ourselves or something. But I tell you right now, it's all about the mercy and the grace of God. Hallelujah. I've just lost my place for a minute. Sorry. We will get there. But anyway, we're talking about passion because passion unlocks things in your life. Here we go. Passion, okay? Romans 12.1. Never be lacking in passion. You know? You get passionate people around you. Sometimes they're annoying people. I annoy the heck out of Julia because I'm passionate. And I just annoy her sometimes. But that's who I am. And I want to say, be who you are. Be who you are. Don't try to be someone. Don't try to be me. Whatever you do, I'm a hard act to follow. (laughs) Just be you. So never be lacking in passion, but keep your spiritual fervour serving God. Glory to God. This is what passion unlocks, okay? Passion makes dreams come alive. I meet people all the time who tell me, man, their dreams have come alive. Man, just hanging around the right people brings your dreams alive. Change takes place, okay? Circumstances change when you get around passion. Just try it. If you're living, if you're living, if you're living in a box, get around some passionate people. I could point a few people out, but man, you hang around them, you can't be who you are. You can't stay the same. They sort of rattle your box a little bit. Get around passionate people, okay? Passionate people do stuff. Unpassionate people talk about stuff, but nothing ever happens. Passionate people, stuff happens. John, sitting down there, drove down my driveway. They had potholes. You could lose a car in it. If some of you came to visit me in your little electric cars, they'd get lost in these potholes. <laughs> and John saw it, and he thought, that's not good enough. And I, last Sunday, I'm sitting there laying out on my couch, and next thing I hear, a tractor, and he's got a grader, and he's loading metal onto my driveway. Passionate people get stuff done. The driveway's back together. You don't sink out of sight any longer. History. This is the other thing passion does. History gets rewritten. Read your history books. Understand history that passionate people, they get in a lot of trouble while they're here, but they change history. Let's be history changers. History gets rewritten around passionate people. Hopes are released and miracles happen in Jesus' name. I don't know about you, but I'm believing right now today that miracles are going to happen in this service in Jesus' name, just by hearing this word. And, and, and here's the other thing about passionate people. They have an engaging attitude. They engage you where they are, no matter who they are. Time's up. I've got to stop. Julia just gave me the look. Passionate people listen. 
passionate people listen. Now, oh, oh, sorry, this is, sorry, that's not passionate people. That's just another key. One of the principles of evangelism is listening, hearing people's heart, hearing where they're at. Unfortunately, you don't have all the answers. Even though you think you do, you don't. You don't have all the answers. This is why we've got to listen to God. Like when I was flying on the aeroplane that time beside that girl. In fact, there's a seat I stole on the aeroplane because I take any seat I like on an aeroplane. Mark will tell you that. I just walk down. Where's a good-looking seat? That one's business class. That'll do me. You'd be excited to hear that, Bruce. <laughs> There'll be a clank, complaint coming to you next time I'm on your aeroplane. And I sat beside this young girl. She was sitting in the front seat, and that's where I like to sit. But she was over against the window, and I sat in the in the third seat, close to the aisle. And I, I leaned over to her, and I said, man, it's a privilege to be flying with you today, ma'am. And she said, you're not meant to be sitting there. Which is pretty weird. You're not meant to be sitting there. and uh, But God positioned me. So it's a weird thing. The devil didn't want me sitting there, but God positioned me there. This is evangelism 101. And so I'm sitting there, and then I said, why didn't you want She said, I gave an instruction that nobody sit beside me today. And here you are. And so I said, well, why didn't you want anybody sitting beside you? And she said, because my mother is dying in Auckland Hospital, and I feel so sad, I just want to spend this time alone. And instantly, in my own human heart, my fleshly heart, I thought, I've got an answer for you, girl. And the answer, I was going to tell her, I know how you feel because my son got killed a few years ago and I know how broken it is when someone close to you dies. And I was about to say it and the Holy Ghost just went, whack, shut up, you goon. That's how he speaks to me. I know he speaks to you a lot nicer, but that's how he has to speak to me because I was trained on the building side, okay? So he's like, shut up. And so I did shut up and I thought, well, that was, that was tough. And I sat there thinking, well, why would he tell me to shut up? I was going to help the girl. And then he said, shut up. Your answer will never, ever be the answer that she needs. And so instead of blurting out my truth, I listened to the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, what do I do? And he says, ask her how the heck you're coping with that sort of pain. So I turned to her and I said, man, how are you coping with that sort of pain? Your dear mother's dying. What? I can't understand. What would that feel like? Even though I've experienced Experience it, but we're so quick to chatter and fill up the box with our own garbage. Leave it alone and find out where people are at. And so she started, she said to me, You know what? I don't know how to handle this. I have no idea how to handle it. And she said, In fact, I feel really broken, but I remember, and I wish I still knew him, but there was a guy who used to work beside me, and he was one of those Christian guys, and he had the answer for what I'm facing right now. And so my ears pricked up. I said, oh, what do you do for a job? And she says, I'm a teacher. And I know lots of teachers. She told me how he had left teaching after they'd given him a hard time and he went and served the church. And I thought, how many pastors do I know who used to be a teacher? And so I said to her, do you mind, like, I, 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 I deal a bit with the church myself, and so I know a couple of people who have left teaching and become pastors. What would his name be? And she told me his name, and I'm like, I know this dude. 
So I said, would you mind if I got your phone number? I think I can contact him for you. And she gave me her phone number, which is kind of weird, but she gave me her phone number on the aeroplane. I get off the aeroplane, I ring him up and I say, you wouldn't believe it, but I just flew from Tauranga to Auckland beside a girl called Kimberly who used to work with you. And he's like, wow, she used to give me such a hard time. And I said, well, her mother's dying in hospital and she'd love to see you because you're the only guy she can think of who would have had the answer. See, we're only a link in the chain. But if we listen to God's voice, we can change the world, guys. Anyway, he went to the Auckland Hospital that afternoon, led Kimberly to Christ, led the mother to Christ moments before she walked into eternity, and we changed the world in Jesus' name just by hearing the voice of God. My last point, and I close with this. And half my problem why I've gone over time. Sorry about all the people watching online. But I want to say this is my last point. Be uninterruptible. Sorry, be interruptible. Be able to be interrupted. Get the interruptible thing. People will always approach you with broken lives and you and I have the answer. Father, I pray right across this place right now that every one of us would be effective in this next week. Young people, older people, the brodies of this world walking around with cameras that God, you'd give them opportunities to bring change into his world. In Jesus' name, Holy Ghost. Ali, who sings so beautifully this morning, Lord, let her have an opportunity to speak into lives this week to instigate change in Jesus' name. Leo, as you fly back to, to Sydney, I pray that God would put someone beside you who would be a divine appointment in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you right now, right across this place. I thank you for the little girl who's sitting down there in her little bassinet, God, who had that operation. We prayed for her, Lord, before she had the operation. I thank you right now for total healing in that little shoulder area in Jesus' name, blessing on the mom. Holy Ghost, right now, right across this place, I thank you for God opportunities in your lives in Jesus' name. Friend, maybe you're here today. Before I finish this, it would be unforgivable of me not to give you an opportunity to respond to the God who loves you today, who sent Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you're away from God. Maybe you're in this meeting today and you're like, maybe, I don't know, maybe nothing made sense. Maybe it might have been the communion. Maybe it might be one song, maybe one word I said, but you need to know the love of God in your life and you need forgiveness. Friend, if that's you today and you're not right with God, I'm just going to ask you real quick to slip up your hand right now and I'm going to include you in a prayer today. Who is it right now? Who is it? Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else is there? Thank you. You can put your hand down again. God bless you. Thank you. Is there anybody else today? Don, I need to get right with God today. I need forgiveness today. I need to get my heart in the right place with God. Jesus' name. Anybody else right now? I'm just going to give you one more opportunity right across this place. Yeah, God bless you, honey. That's so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you, honey. You can put your hand down again. Why don't we all stand in this place? Oh, boy. This is one of those services like last night. Last night I was at a service that went for about an hour and three quarters, nearly two hours, because the power of God hit the place. Miracles started happening. Brain injuries started getting healed. 
But here's what I'm going to say, because I know we've all got chickens in the oven and stuff that's happening. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to do. There were people who lifted their hands today. I don't normally do this, but I'm inviting you. If you lifted your hand or you know you should have, why don't you just come out the front? I want to pray for you specifically. Is that okay? Could you come, please? Is that okay? If it's not too difficult, bring your handbag. If you're scared, it'll get pinched. <laughs> Whatever. But why don't you come? If you lifted your hand, come on, I want to pray for you. I want to believe God for you. Come on. You don't have to be embarrassed, honestly. Yeah, get them a hand as they come. Yeah. Yeah, God bless you. Others, others who put up your hand today, why don't you come? I'm giving you the opportunity one more time. Come, come. Oh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to extend this. People, even me, or I'm inviting you to the altar today. Others who just need to, sometimes you just need to make it public. God, here I am. This is a public commitment of my faith to you. Someone else right now just needs to make a recommitment and say, God, here I am. I'm coming to you right now. Who is that? Quickly, there were there were at least two other people who put up their hands this morning, and I'm just going to wait a moment for you. Waiting, waiting, waiting. I never have a problem with that, waiting, incidentally. Come right forward, Mia. Come right forward up here. Let's stretch your hand and let's pray for these folk, will we? Holy Ghost, I thank you for incredible encounters with God. I love you guys. God loves you. In fact, I, 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 I really sense right now God wrapping his arms around you. That's what it is. When the prodigal came home, the dad came running. The father came running and he embraced his son. And he took off their robe and he put his robe on them. A beautiful, clean robe. Robes of righteousness. He took, he took his ring and he put the ring of authority and hope and destiny on their hand. Right here today, that's what God's doing. Right now he's doing that for you. That's how much he loves you. Still waiting. There's one more person who should be here today and saying, man, Pastor Don, I just want to recommit my life to Christ. I want to get right there. I want to get on that page. One more person. Why don't you come and join us today? Jesus. Mia, the love of God, your incredible Father in heaven. He cares so much about you today. Tell you what, if you could understand and comprehend that incredible love right now, in fact, even in the service, it's worth taking a moment to let you encounter Daddy God loves you like crazy. You're his kid. And he thinks you're just fantastic. Wow. Presence of God here right now. Presence of God. What a, I'm going to encourage you guys to pray this prayer with me. I want every person in the place to pray. If we could all pray this and say, Jesus, I thank you for loving me. Today, I surrender my heart. I give it to you, God. I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you. Thank you that you've forgiven me for all my sin. And today I'm brand new. Amen. Yeehaw. Blessing. Blessing. I'm going to invite every other person right now. 
come running to the front. We'll close the service on the altar. I want to commission every one of you to be evangelists in this coming week, coming season. We're heading into our Vision Sunday, and Vision Sunday is going to be amazing. It's going to be our Vision Builders Day. It's going to be the day that we believe for our vision going forward in this church. So I'm inviting everybody. Come on, you're all evangelists, every single person here. And I just want to pray a commissioning prayer over you. And I want to declare who you are in this next season. And I want to shock the devil by saying, devil, we do not accept your lies that you've spoken over your over God's people. It's a bit like that movie that we're going to watch. Um, uh, it's what's it called? Freedom again. Freedom. Yeah, sound of freedom. And at the end of it, I don't know how we never heard it today, but he says, God's kids are no longer for sale. And I want to tell you, this is a truth, man, that we need to embrace as a church, that devil, get your hands off God's kids. Devil, get your hands off God's kids. So right now, I want you to lift your hands toward heaven. Holy Spirit, I pray over these people, this incredible congregation of your people that gathered together today from all, excuse me, from all different walks of life, from all different places in life, from all different positions in life. God, I declare over your lives right now as your hands are lifted toward heaven, I commission you, I appoint you as anointed evangelists in the kingdom of God. I commission you today that in every situation that you're in in life, that you would be a shining light of God's love, that you would bring the presence of God into your dark world and bring the hope of Christ that sets captives free. In Jesus' name, I speak divine appointments over your life. I speak miracles over your life. I pray that as you pray with people, as you speak with people, that you would hear the voice of God and bring hope into their dark world in Jesus' name. Right now, I declare and commission you as evangelists in the kingdom of God. Like never before, I call this church into a place where we are living vessels of the Holy Spirit, where we are, oh boy, God shining lights. Jesus' name. Leo, you never came here by chance today and I position you and commission you today as a man of God carrying an anointing of God as an evangelist in Jesus' name. This young lady right here, I just come down here especially for you today. I believe right now the hand of God's on you. God says, I see your heart. God says, I've heard your cry. I've seen your tears. And God says, right now, I embrace you with my love and my mercy. And God says, today, I put my anointing on you and my power on your life in Jesus' name. Thank you for her, God. God says, these hands carry my love and carry my power. Whoever you touch with these hands will receive that, says the Lord. And God says, what's more? God says, I've healed your heart today. Just as you've been here, God says, I've healed your heart. In Jesus' name right now, I thank you for every person here. And I say this today in Jesus' name, I say, go under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and power in Jesus' mighty name into all the world and bring the hope of the gospel. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.